Hey everybody, welcome to episode 102 of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. My name is Kieran, and I have been metal detecting for nearly 30 years. This week, let's talk about Urban Prospect and a major mistake I made in a recent hunt. So, let's get on with the show. Hey everybody, before we start, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and I hope you enjoyed the episode this week. If you want to support the show, there are many options available in the links in the episode notes below. If you want to interact with me and the show, that information is in there too. But most importantly, if you like this content, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hey everybody, I hope you had a great week this week. I got out for a midweek hunt myself this week, hitting Timble Beach with the Equinox, finding loads of coins, I suppose, with the best being a Civil War chicken penny and the best relic being what looks to be a pocket watch winder. But you won't believe what mistake I made. And this wasn't on last week's list. So I'll recant the tale right now. I'm hunting at low tide. But it was a very unusual low tide. It was like a high low tide. I don't know what that means. So my search area wasn't as large as I'm used to. But I set off like normal. Two hours later, I get to the bottom of the beach only to turn around and see my exit point off the beach underwater. So as you can imagine, it was an oh shit moment. I legged it down the beach to get to the exit point. At this stage, there was about six inches of beach for me to move on between the sea and the sea wall but I managed just to get off with some wet feet as just as I got to the steps or only under six inches of water so let's add that mistake to the top 10 of last week always know your exit points and have an accurate estimation of how much time you actually have left on the hunt anyways on to this week's topic urban prospecting A lot of people have actually requested this over the last couple of weeks. And I believe this is down to the YouTube algorithm presenting them on a YouTube channel called Klesh, K-L-E-S-H. I'll have the links in the show notes below. But Klesh, I believe the YouTube algorithm was presenting this to a lot of people who are into metal detecting and treasure hunting. And a lot of you guys pinged me saying, have you seen this video? And I have seen the video and I watched it. It was great. So I'll go through the video briefly and what happens. But look at it yourself. It's 30 minutes long. It's a great video, but it gives a great insight into this hobby of urban prospecting as opposed to urban mining, which we'll get onto in a minute. So Clash is a guy. He traveled to New York City pretty much into the Diamond District and was collected dirt off the road. Pretty much the dirt that gathers in the cracks in the sidewalk. Now, first of all, this is a perfect example of hitting a spot in an area where you're more likely to find what you're looking for. It's almost genius where you went to it. So he's gone to where he wants to find diamonds and stuff. So anyways, this Klesh guy, he pretty much takes a vacuum cleaner and a hook and scrapes out the dirt between the cracks in the pavement in the Diamond District in New York, vacuums it up, puts it in a bucket, ships it home to his state. I I can't remember what state. I think it was in the Midwest somewhere. And then proceeds to grade the dirt from the sidewalk. First of all, he classifies the dirt and grades it out, removes all the organic material to the point where he goes from one having a full bucket of dirt down to having about a quarter of a bucket of dirt, which really essentially concentrates down all the the valuables into this 25% volume. Then he proceeds to pan it like normal gold panning, almost at a tablespoon at a time or a big dessert spoon at a time. And he is pulling out loads of small gemstones, bits of jewelry, silver and gold 
precious metals. And I believe by the end of the video, he calculates that one bucket at a minimum was worth $400 to him. So not a bad return for a couple of hours of work. So looking at this video, I was wondering, what can we do in relation to doing something similar? So I am aware of a few things that fall into the same vein or the same bracket, such as refining palladium from catalytic converters or gathering dust off the highway, which in theory should contain a certain percentage of palladium. Just so you know, palladium is worth almost twice the value of gold. It's so valuable, it is the driving force in creating a black market, a wave of petty crime, cutting and stealing catalytic converters off cars. Because each catalytic converter contains about two to three grams of palladium, or when sold, is worth about two to three hundred dollars. So palladium is only going up in value as it's a finite resource and refining palladium. To do this, whether you're either looking at gathering catalytic converters if you have access to a scrapyard or if you're vacuuming up the dust of the highway you're starting to look at refining the palladium out of this dust which requires hydrochloric acid zinc heating and filtering and a lot of work for your reward so not necessarily a viable activity unless you're a trained chemist of course or someone who's interested in that side of the hobby but that takes us on to urban mining urban mining can be something as simple as refining the precious metals from your old electronics. Because most integrated circuits contain some level of gold and silver and copper, which can be extracted, bringing some value, I suppose. For example, the 5,000 gold, silver and bronze medals for the Japanese Olympics were produced using 6 million mobile phones and 72,000 tons of e-waste. And if you think about it, with Europe being the second largest producer of e-waste, throwing away 12.3 million tons of e-waste each year, which contains 330 tons of copper, valued at almost 5 euros per kilogram, which is 1.6 million approximately, and 31 tons of gold, valued at a number so big that my calculator can't even, <laughs> I can't even do it, but essentially 31 tons multiplied by 58,000 euro per kilogram. It's a lot of money. But just to break that down, just a, a more manageable amount, one ton of e-waste contains one kilogram of silver, about 230 grams of gold, 70 kilograms of copper, 200 kilograms of cobalt, and about 15 kilograms of lithium, all precious metals and all highly valued. Such is the scarcity of all these metals that there is now academic interest in targeting urban areas or urban ore of forgotten supplies of metals lying under city streets using old industrial revolution maps to see where these metal deposits reside. There's money in them there bins. So what do I do as a metal detectorist? I keep all the copper I find. I'd say right now I've only got about 20 kilograms, which I plan to melt down into bricks at some stage. I have a box of shitty silver and gold and some other junk jewelry, which is only going up in value. This I won't melt down, nor would I uh, recommend that you melt down, because each precious metal has to be graded before being sold. So if you just melt down all the different grades of your gold into one homogenous pile of gold, they will give you the value of the gold at the lowest amount. So based on nine carat gold, I suppose. So that's why you wouldn't melt down your gold and silver beforehand. I keep other metals, for example, lead, we all find lead sinkers, and stainless steel, just because these will have some value someday. If you're so inclined, you can start collecting your own e-waste to sell onto, onto most scrapyards, and most will take it. And some people make a nice living off doing this. 
but I wouldn't recommend going down the route of refining the metals yourself unless you're a trained chemist, like I said, or at least trained to handle all the dodgy chemicals required. And that's it this week, guys. Check out that video that everybody was raving about from Clash. I will include the link in the show notes. But enjoy it. It's a very interesting and evocative video to watch. So, yeah, so watch it. And before we go throwing out any of your old electronic e-waste, think there's definitely some gold in there. There's definitely copper and there's definitely silver in that electronic device you're about to throw out. And that's it for this week. I hope you like this episode of the Metal Effecting Show podcast. Check out our website, www.themetaleffectingshow.com for this episode's show notes. Check out our Patreon page. Check out our Buy Me A Coffee page. All available by searching for the Metal Effecting Show. If you'd like to leave me a voicemail, please do so on speakpipe.com forward slash metal effecting show. If you feel like taking your appreciation to the next level, feel free to leave me a positive review on any podcast directly of your choice. If you like this content and would like more, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Once again, I hope you like this episode and we will chat to you all again next week. Get out there, eyes down, good luck and happy hunting.